0: I don't know. There's like one thing that I'm most proud of. I mean, I, you know, the things that I'm proud of are, first of all, uh, s- sticking to it for 24 years. Because um, as you know, it's not easy to make a living and to grow a company that tries to stay focused on social justice and make media. Um, and to me, it's, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday you know, struggle and joy, Um, so I, I, yeah, and I don't think of myself as being in the reflective mode quite yet anyway. um, I mean, one of the most profound experiences of my life being a filmmaker is um, in 2000, well, basically like 99 to 2001, I made a film about Attica called Ghost of Attica, Um, and it was, it was a, uh, important film for me, like career-wise, because it was the first film that I won, you know, a major award, which was the Dupont and stuff like that. But what was really rewarding was um, the relationship with uh, with the characters in that film. So it centers around a former guard at Attica, Mike Smith, uh, the lawyer for the Attica brothers, who were the inmates, who sued the state of New York, uh, Liz Fink. And uh, and then one of the leaders of the Attica brothers, Frank Big Blacksmith, who went by Black. And um, what was profound was, you know, making that film was very tumultuous. Uh, you know, the guards didn't trust the inmates, the inmates didn't trust the guards. I was in the middle of both. There was a lot of sort of tension, and sometimes they thought that I was like a double agent, and you know, all kinds of interesting things went on. Um, but you know, the film got made. And I became really close to Black. And um, Black died, I want to say it was the first or second year after I moved here, because I remember very distinctly I was in my driveway when we lived on Murray, and I was talking to Black on the phone. And so yeah, I don't know if you know the whole story, but basically, eventually, the inmates got a settlement from the state of New York. And so Black, who had been tortured by guards um, after and troopers, state troopers, after Attica rebellion was put down, um, had gotten one of the bigger awards, you know, north of a hundred thousand dollars. And what he did was take the money, and he moved back to his wife's hometown in South Carolina, little bitty town. And he put the money into a recreation center for the community. And he just wanted to live sort of a quiet life. I mean, in New York, he was very known and, you know, he moved around and people knew him and stuff, uh, so he wanted us to be anonymous. And um, he got cancer, and I was talking to him on the phone. Uh, he wasn't doing so well, and he told me that he, he, you know, he didn't think he was going to live much longer. Um, and then, you know, a few weeks or a few months later, he died. And I went to his funeral, and I was worried that I would be late, because it was a long drive from the airport and through little towns. So I got there really early, um, and I was used to being sometimes the only white guy in the room, so it wasn't uncomfortable for me, but I arrived early and it was just the pastor, the pastor's wife, a few of the deacons, deacon wives, some of the ladies of the auxiliary, and it was just like a typical small-town black church. Um, and I got there so early that nobody else kind of had arrived. Like the other lawyers were coming to town and stuff like that. And Frank was laid out in a casket, open casket, which Jews don't do. So it always astounds me when I go to a funeral and there's open casket. And um, it was like an hour early. So it was time to kill. So people, of course, were curious who I was and why I was there. So I said, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I made this film about Frank. And they were like, what? what would you make a film about Frank? They had no idea that he had been one of the leaders of the Attica rebellion. They didn't know any of it because Frank wanted it that way. So I was literally standing next to his casket, and Frank and I had like a very loud, boisterous relationship together. And I was like leaning on his casket, and I was telling a group of about nine people the story of Attica. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, Frank's going to rise up from the dead and be like, I told you it wasn't like that, you know. And (laughs) it was a profound experience to share that with that group. Um, You know, and then that moment dissipated. People started arriving, and it became about the ceremony and all of that stuff. Um, So, I mean, I think of moments like that as being fulfilling because filmmaking is sort of about going into a world and taking people with you um and discovering worlds that you might not know or might not understand and um, hopefully they as a result uh you know feel motivated to change something in their lives maybe or change something in the world Um, but you know that's what i feel like filmmaking is doing is taking people inside somewhere and that's what we did with the story of Attica um, and a lot of it is about the relationship that you build with the subjects of your films, you know, and sometimes, you know, I make films and, and we have relationships for the duration of the film and then, you know, and then, and then it might go away. And Sometimes those relationships are very enduring. Like, here's another one, you know, my most recent feature film is They're Jews Here. Um, it's about Jews and small communities and stuff. So. Uh, One of the stories that we tell in that film is about a family that moves from Los Angeles, California, to Dothan, Alabama, as a result of an offer to pay Jews $50,000 to relocate to that town. That's one of the stories we tell. And I was in Los Angeles to film a scene with that family. And on Facebook, a woman uh, reached out to me. Her name is Nancy. And um, she is a woman who was in a film I made for a discovery a long time ago called Safe, back in 98 or 99, and it's about domestic violence. So I followed four women who were in a safe house, and Nancy was one of them. And at the time, her children were teeny-weeny. Like, we shot a whole scene where we were just following them marching around the apartment to Teletubbies. <laughs> so they were teeny-weeny, uh, and um, they are grown now. And Nancy saw I was going to be on L.A. and she said, I've moved to L.A., I've remarried. You know, she was a veteran and she was married to uh, someone who was active in the Army and her kids were with her. And so this profound thing happened where um, we got to d- together for dinner and here was like a subject from a film of mine in the 90s. Um, who, you know, is thriving in her life. At the time I filmed with her, she was afraid to admit to her children why they were in a safe house. That was kind of what the story was about, was when she finally kind of gathered the strength to tell her children what her then husband had done to her and why they were there. Um, And now she was thriving. I saw all the kids. I had taken these kids to the circus when I was, you know, young and, and, and made that film and one of them actually wants to intern with me maybe um this summer she's been writing me and they're all doing great and so they had dinner with me and the subjects of the current film uh karen and and uh terrence and their daughter emily had dinner we all ate dinner at the santa monica pier and then we went out and like rode the ferris wheel together and stuff and it was just so rewarding to be there with you know, people that I've met through making films, and um, and now they're friends too, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's rewarding about making the films is making the relationships and learning about people's lives, and then hopefully sharing them in a way that makes other people, the audience, interested.